Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to 48 Hours ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Need more true crime in your life? An Audible membership can solve that. Audible is the ultimate destination for thrilling audio entertainment. As an Audible member, you could choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog. Don't miss The Serial Killer's Apprentice by Katherine Ramsland and Tracy Allman. It follows the true story of how Houston's deadliest murder turned a kid into a killer in training. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash 48 hours or text 48 hours to 500-500. That's audible.com slash 48 hours or text 48 hours to 500-500 to try Audible free for 30 days. Audible.com slash 48 hours. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Real people. Real crimes. Real life drama. Part of the naivety and the beauty of youth is you're invincible. You know, at 20, you don't think anything's going to bring harm to you. In 1989, Tiffany Sessions was a 20-year-old college student at the University of Florida. She was really warm and friendly, always had a smile on her face, fun. She was, I would say, a really fun-loving girl. (laughs) My name is Kathleen Frezza, and I was Tiffany's roommate. Short outfit for college. When she came back from Christmas break, she had started exercising. She's like, I've been walking, I've been losing weight, I'm feeling really good. She's like, come with me. So at certain times, I would go with her. On February 9th, I did not go with Tiffany. She left around 445. 5.40 rolls around, the sun's going down, Tiffany's still not back. It was very unlike her. I went out, I got in the car, I drove around the route to see, I don't know, maybe she fell down and she hurt herself, but nothing. I never heard from her again. She's a a smart kid, she's resourceful, and if she's in trouble, she's going to be doing everything she can to get out of it. And I just hope that if anybody's got her, they know that we're willing to do anything to get her back. What would you say to her if you could know? I love her. How long will you look for her? Well, I, I think till the day I die. I mean, how do you not look for your kid? I can't stop. I began my investigation into the disappearance of Tiffany Sessions in January of 2013. There had been many leads over the years, but none of them had panned out. 
I learned three years after the disappearance of Tiffany Sessions, another 20-year-old college student was found less than a mile away. Her name was Beth Foster. I started to wonder if the killer of Beth Foster could be the killer of Tiffany Sessions. This was uh, Beth Foster's head, and this was her feet. First question I had is, well, did anyone check the surrounding area for other graves? Kevin, how easy would it be to hide a body? Oh, uh, very easy. I thought we would find her in 24 hours, and then 24 days, and then 24 months. I never thought 24 years we'd still be here. I think we're very close. I think there's a good chance she's there. I'm Tracy Smith, tonight on 48 Hours. The Lost Daughter. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Father, we got a simple prayer. It's really simple. Help us find Tiffany. We know without your grace, without your blessing, it won't happen. Amen. 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 Let's go. Do it. For 25 years, Pat and Hillary Sessions have been searching for their daughter, Tiffany. And in January 2014, in this forest in Gainesville, Florida, just over a mile from where Tiffany disappeared... There was another girl in 1992 who was actually found here on the site. They hope they may finally find her. I am extremely optimistic. What are you feeling going into this excavation? Are you nervous? I'm a lot more nervous than I thought I would be. I've done other searches. And this one, I'm a lot more nervous about because it may not be true, but it sort of feels like a final hurrah. You know, I pushed and pushed so many people for so long that <clears throat> I don't know how long I'll do it. Sorry. Do you think the emotion comes because maybe 
it's the end, or maybe it's not. Yeah, I don't know. It needs to end. Everybody needs closure on this. In 1989, Tiffany Sessions was a junior studying finance at the University of Florida in Gainesville. She had dreams of running a company one day. She knew what she wanted to do. She knew where she was going to go. She was determined to make something out of herself. Tiffany had a good role model. Pat Sessions was a well-known marketing executive for a giant real estate company in South Florida. He oversaw the creation of Weston, one of the biggest building projects in the United States. She kind of wanted to be like Dad, following your footsteps. I've been told that by, by her friends. Pat and Hillary divorced when Tiffany was just eight months old. Hillary was in the U.S. Air Force, and as she traveled around the country, she brought Tiffany with her. I was the mom. I was the dad. I was the disciplinarian, the provider. There wasn't anything that we didn't do together. And we worked as a team. You called her your masterpiece. I did, (laughs) because I only had one. I worked really hard on making sure that she was as nice on the inside as she was on the outside. Growing up, Tiffany didn't see a lot of her father, but in her teens, they reconnected. Pat was in his late 30s, a bachelor, living in an oceanfront home in Miami's affluent Coconut Grove. The summers were the times that we spent together in holidays. Tiffany also got to know her half-brother, Jason. My father is always a very active, fun guy, so when we came together for those different times, we were always doing neat experiences, going on the boat, you know, the beach, different activities like that. So, yeah, that's where we really got to know each other. Both of them were single kids, so they didn't have anybody else. They bonded together very quickly. But for Pat, missing out on so much of his daughter's childhood had taken its toll. It was a lot of catch-up, you know, and overcoming a lot of bad history between her mother and I. Tiffany was very close to both her parents. Kathleen Frezza, Tiffany's college roommate. She loved her mom, and they, they had a very special relationship. She spoke with her frequently, almost daily, I would say, on the phone with her dad because she was able to renew that relationship with him. That was really um, very touching for her. And when Pat bought his daughter a Rolex watch, Kathleen says Tiffany never took it off. She just loved it, partly because it was a Rolex, partly because it was from her dad. So it, you know, it held a really special um, emotional tie for her. In fact, Kathleen has never forgotten one of the last conversations she had with Tiffany, just before she went out for that final walk. Before she walked out, Tiffany said, I'm going to take off my jewelry. She said, I'm keeping my watch on. If somebody comes after me, they're going to have to fight me for the watch. Tiffany never returned to her apartment while on an evening walk. When Tiffany did not come back, I still had hope at that time. I just really am still pretty hopeful and continue to believe that she will return safely. There were people in the apartment, outside the apartment, milling around, trying to figure out what we needed to do. The day after Tiffany went missing, Pat and Hillary arrived in Gainesville. 
I got here and I didn't even rent a car. I did a cab because I assumed all this was going to be over relatively quickly and Tiffany would give me a ride back to the airport. But Pat knew the situation was serious when he learned that Tiffany had left the apartment with only her watch and her Walkman. She didn't have her wallet, her driver's license, her car was there, and that was the scary part. You know, all that stuff was there. And we were all starting to get nervous as the day went on. I think there was a sense of urgency here. Jim Eckert was one of the lead investigators on the case. This young woman didn't have any, I guess, baggage, as it were. It wasn't like we had a boyfriend or some strained relationship. She was a good student. She was pretty much always on the mark. So for her not to have shown up was, was pretty unusual. She's a smart kid. She's resourceful. And if she's in trouble, she's going to be doing everything she can to get out of it. Pat sprang into action. He put his marketing skills to work and organized one of the largest missing person searches in Florida history. I need your help. I need the work to get out on Tiffany. From day one, he was so driven, he ran like a business. He really did. We're attempting to find Tiffany, and uh, we're just investigating every lead. Pat brought in Wayne Black, a private investigator who specialized in recovering missing children. Pat had within, I think, 24 hours, Tiffany's picture on the inside of every pizza box being delivered uh, in Alachua County. If you see anything or talk to anyone or hear anything, please give us a call. Volunteers blanketed the state with flyers, put Tiffany's face on billboards, and answered a 1-800 hotline. Jason Sessions, just 17, also helped to get the word out. Oh, she left the house without keys, without jewelry, without makeup, and that's not Tiffany. It was amazing to me how small South Florida became and understanding who Tiffany Sessions was and what the what we were doing and, and the and what we were going through. All right, I really appreciate you calling and probably somebody will be calling you back from the FBI or somebody just to kind of My goal was very simple. It was to make sure that everybody that I could knew what she looked like, to try and get as many people out there looking for her as I could. I'm curious whether that helped you with the emotional side of things. Yes, To be did. able to look at this from a business marketing point of view. Yes, because I felt useful, because I felt in control. For every 50 people that pass out a flyer, one story that you all can run does 100 times that. Pat set up press conferences and recruited his famous friends, like football legend Dan Marino. What I'm going to try to do to help this team is, is to, to try to call on all my friends throughout the NFL. Today, you can push a button and you reach a million people on Facebook. You can try to get some nationwide coverage uh, for Tiffany to try to help her. In those days, TV was my Facebook. Politician Jeb Bush also helped out, and so did America's Most Wanted host, John Walsh, whose son Adam was abducted and killed in 1981. I know the nightmare firsthand of having a missing child and what he's going through. We can only assume that she is alive and that she is somewhere, and we just hope that there will be some type of word and that you will spread the word. People are committed because of Pat, because he just asked them, come help me. And, you, you know, he's irresistible in that regard. There is a massive investigation going on. What they want from us is information, leads, physical clues. Just one week after Tiffany disappeared, over 700 people showed up to search the area around Tiffany's walking route, hoping to find any clues as to what happened to her. 
There's something out there somewhere. We just haven't turned it up yet. It was freezing cold that day. It was a terrible day. It was drizzling. It was cold. When you find any evidence, just stay away from it. Let me know. I'll come take a look at it. And we'll get we it. had busloads of troops that came in to help us with the search. We had uh, Dolphins players, all of our friends and family from South Florida who were up here. Start down there by that fence. We went real hard at the area where she walked, trying to find the Walkman, trying to find her watch, trying to find anything. And it turns up? Zero. Absolute zero. Not a thing. That was the longest drive home because I was so euphoric that, well, we're going to find something. I think the hardest part was, what do I do now? Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. In your trying to solve the case, I would imagine you went up and down and up and down this road. A lot. A lot. A lot. Former detective Jim Eckert still remembers every step of the walking route he thinks Tiffany Sessions took the night she disappeared. This was all thick woods. So it would have been fairly easy to snatch It somebody. was what you'd call a private place. This was a huge construction site with a lot of people coming and going. He always wondered if Tiffany's abductor could have worked here at Hunter's Run. We talked to certainly as many as we could. And nothing. Nothing. The hotline was receiving as many as 600 calls per day. But in 1989, technology was so primitive, detectives were quickly overwhelmed. We were using DOS systems and sticking big disks in computers, and most cops didn't even know how to do that. You know, we didn't have a fax machine. They didn't have a fax machine. So I bought them one. How many leads came in? Too many. I've always worried that there was so much that it got lost in the shuffle. Something fell through the cracks. Weeks turned to months. First month or two, still had a lot of hope. Every day that goes by, the odds drop astronomically. And I knew that things were not looking good. And then detectives received a promising lead. An anonymous inmate wrote that Michael Knickerbocker, a convicted serial rapist and murderer serving five life sentences, confessed to killing Tiffany Sessions. You went and talked sure. to him? He was a spooky guy. You got bad vibes off of him. 
you know, like, well, did you do this? No, um, but here's how I would have done it. Michael Knickerbocker never confessed to detectives that he killed Tiffany, but he did confess that he was the one who wrote the letter as a mean joke. And these guys do that. I mean, I can show you 50 letters that I've got from guys in jail. I realized early on that I was dealing with a whole subculture of people that were just subhuman. When the Knickerbocker lead fell apart, Pat offered a cash reward, hoping someone would come forward with information about his daughter. When you put out a reward, it happens in every case. You get every nut job. But one lead seemed credible. You get your hopes up. You think, maybe this is it. It was from a man who said he knew where Tiffany was and that she was sick and in need of medical attention. He says, don't hang up. The caller sent Pat on a wild car chase all over Miami. He says, you hang up, I'm going to kill her. But the caller turned out to be a professional con artist. He was caught by the FBI and sent away to prison for a little over six years. I was emotionally up to here. I really thought this guy might really know something. And as the reward climbed to $250,000, Pat endured two more extortion attempts. And then, one year after Tiffany went missing, when Pat thought the news couldn't get much worse. The two women found murdered Sunday afternoon were U of F students. Within four days, five students were murdered in Gainesville. Detectives had a serial killer on their hands. Did you think Tiffany could have been connected to that? Oh, of course, the first day you wondered. Yes, I thought that maybe it was the same person. Weeks later, an ex-con named Danny Rowling was arrested. He later confessed to the five Gainesville student murders, but he never confessed to killing Tiffany. Detectives dropped Rowling as a possible suspect when they learned he was in Shreveport, Louisiana, the evening Tiffany disappeared. The biggest challenge always in a case like this is to keep everyone motivated. When the leads dried up, private investigator Wayne Black tried to keep the momentum of the investigation going. The case got cold, so you have to remind them it's still the kidnapping, it's obviously a homicide, and let's work it. And Pat and his team kept working it for 25 years. Was there ever a time that you wanted to give up? Yeah, I'm not gonna lie about that. I mean, there was times early on when I was just so overwhelmed and didn't, you know, in the frustration of not knowing what to do. And the good news was, even when I'd start to slow down, everybody else pushed me. And no one pushed Pat more than this woman. In 2006, Sadie Darnell became the first woman elected sheriff in Alachua County. She was just a young cop in 1989 when Tiffany disappeared, and that memory stayed with her. It was very jarring and very scary and very haunting to think that that could happen in our midst. And then this many years later, still having it unsolved. Throughout the years, even though she was never actually assigned to the case, Sadie would mail and fax Pat words of encouragement. September 15, 1995. Patrick, I know this must be difficult for you to maintain a constant struggle for Tiffany's case. I've always believed it can and will be solved. I have loyalty to you. The overall goal is for you to have Tiffany back and in some time in the future, peace. 
Call me anytime to vent, strategize, coordinate, coordinate kick, kick butt, butt et cetera. Et cetera. Always Sadie. So when Sadie became sheriff, one of her main goals was to set up a cold case unit and find out what happened to Tiffany Sessions. In January 2013, Sheriff Darnell hired Detective Kevin Allen to do just that. He's one of the best I've ever seen. In fact, I kept asking, where has he been all my career? This is the kind of guy that gets the cold case stuff. That's the kind of person that you need on this. She told me very matter-of-factly, I want this case solved during my tenure here. And Sheriff Darnell told Detective Allen that she wanted him to focus on one man, a convict by the name of Paul Rolls. I'd been in that case for a couple weeks. I'd never read the name, never heard the name. She said, get down and talk to him. Talk to him right away. Time is of the essence. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm-mm-mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. I have an 18-year-old daughter. My daughter is the light of my life. It's that personal to you? Yes. When Kevin Allen joined the Alachua County Cold Case Unit early in 2013, he knew working on the Tiffany Sessions case would be difficult for him. Just being a parent and just the thought of something happening to your child. I have a picture of Tiffany Sessions I keep at my desk. I go to bed thinking about the case and I wake up thinking about that case. We look at all the cold cases. We can't forget the past, and we can't, can't just let it go. Sheriff Sadie Darnell made the Tiffany Sessions case a priority. You need to lift up every rock, peel back every layer. She started by giving Detective Allen that lead to look into convicted murderer Paul Rolls. What I found was that Paul Rolls was a psychopath, a serial killer. He had sadistic tendencies, sadistic fantasies. And Detective Allen would soon learn that Paul Rolls had a long and violent past that lasted over 20 years. In 1972, he killed his first victim, former beauty queen Linda Fida. At the time, Rolls was a newly married 23-year-old architecture student. Linda Fida was a neighbor of his. They lived in an apartment complex in North Miami. Paul was a stalker. I mean, he would plan and watch his prey. He saw her through the peephole in his door to his apartment. 
And that's how we watched her. When Linda Fida went to do her laundry, Paul Rolls snuck into her apartment, and when she returned, he tried to rape her. She fought back, and he strangled her. This was a nude young girl in the bathtub. Detective Marshall Frank, now retired, rushed to the crime scene. One of the things that we found that was different on this crime scene than other crime scenes was uh, a couple of Band-Aids. Detectives were able to get toe prints off those Band-Aids. Then, a day after the murder, when they knocked on neighbor Paul Roll's door, they immediately noticed Band-Aids on his toes. So they went and took a toe print from him, compared it against the print that they had at the scene. They had their guy. After his arrest, Detective Frank was shocked when Rolls quickly confessed. There was no voices raised. There was no uh, hate or uh, anger. Just kind of like matter-of-factly going over something that just happened. Detective Frank says Rolls told him he had sexual urges that he couldn't control. I just asked him, how long have you had these kinds of feelings? And he said, for a while now. My thought process was, this man has a severe problem. Detective Frank believes Paul Rolls was the most dangerous type of killer. When you met him at that time, you met a nice guy, anybody would trust, have him over for dinner. You'd never know. You'd never know. Rolls was sentenced to life in prison for the murder of Linda Fida. But in 1985, Roll's life sentence was abruptly cut short when he was suddenly released and out on parole. I thought, oh my God, that's not good. That was the deal back then, through uh, prison overcrowding and lots of crime in the state of Florida. The average sentence for life in prison was 15 years. Roll's only had to serve 13 years of his life sentence. This is the kind of guy who should not be released from prison. I mean, he committed a heinous crime without any guilt at all. In 1988, Rolls settled in Gainesville, where he worked as a pizza delivery man. He also had another job putting up scaffolding on that apartment complex, Hunter's Run, located right on Tiffany's walking route. He always stayed under the radar. When I interviewed his boss at Pizza Hut, he said it was as if Paul didn't want to be seen. He just maintained an extremely low profile, as many serial killers do. In 1989, just one year after Paul Rolls moved to Gainesville, Tiffany Sessions disappeared. How could somebody just totally disappear off the face of this earth with no evidence? And it turns out Rolls did not show up for his pizza delivery job on the day Tiffany vanished. And then in 1992, just three years after Tiffany went missing, Beth Foster, that other college student, was found murdered just one mile from where Tiffany went walking. Every time something happened up here in Gainesville, I was concerned. Tiffany's mom, Hillary, immediately thought that the two cases could be related. You thought back then, back in 92, that this could be a serial killer. Absolutely. The same guy who murdered Elizabeth Foster could have taken Tiffany. Mm-hmm. Yep, and um, I've said that all this time, but nobody wanted to listen to me. Private investigator Wayne Black says at the time, police couldn't link roles to either crime. Remember, we didn't have the forensics that we have today. We were really in the dark ages. And even though roles, 
by then 43, was an ex-con living in the area, police never questioned him. And just two months after Beth Foster's murder, he quietly left town. Paul Rolls had lived in Gainesville for about four years, and I think the heat was on basically at that point. So he got out of town. And in 1994, Rolls struck again, this time in Jacksonville, when he raped and attempted to kill a 15-year-old girl. She was able to escape and identified Rolls as her attacker. Rolls was convicted, and this time he was sent to prison for good. He was confronted soon after the crime and gave a full confession. To that crime? Yes. To the young girl? Yes. But what about to the other crimes? Elizabeth Foster? Tiffany Sessions? He wasn't interviewed about either of those cases in a timely fashion. The dots had not been connected. Over the next few years, as DNA technology advanced, detectives submitted Roll's DNA to the FBI database to see if he could have possibly killed others. And although it took 18 years, finally, in 2012, there was a match to Elizabeth Foster. How big of a development was that, linking Elizabeth Foster's death to Paul Roll's? It was huge. Years go on, decades go on, and nothing's happening, no new information. So it was energizing, it was wonderful. Sheriff Darnell knew that if Paul Rolls, who was now 64, had killed Beth Foster, he could also have killed Tiffany Sessions. She was a young white female. They lived in the same quadrant of our county. Paul Rolls didn't show up for work the day that she went missing. You got to look at him. You got to look at it. Detective Allen couldn't wait to confront Rolls, hoping he would cave and confess to Tiffany's abduction. But when the detective went to question him in December of 2013, Rolls was in a coma and dying of lung cancer. Did you hope that maybe he'd wake up? Oh, sure. And with a last twinge of conscience, you know, could, would, should say, I did it and this is where she is. But no, it didn't happen. Paul Rolls died almost two weeks later. But Sheriff Darnell was not giving up. I sent an email to Kevin Allen saying, crap, crap, crap. Get down there and get his personal belongings as soon as possible. Something in her gut told her to get a hold of Paul Rolls' personal property. And what Paul Rolls left behind changed the entire investigation. I got chills when Kevin showed it to me. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, 
propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. When Detective Allen went to retrieve serial killer Paul Roll's personal belongings from jail, it was 24 years after Tiffany Sessions disappeared. It was just one box. He didn't think he would find much. And it's just a lot of letters and loose writings and stuff. But then he came across Roll's address book. I said, oh, I should copy this. This might be relevant. And there in the dead center of the book is a date. I went, oh my gosh, because that's the date Tiffy disappeared. Then he saw what Rolls wrote next to the date. Then number two, I knew Linda Fida was his first victim, and chronologically, Tiffany Sessions would have been his second victim. I almost fell down when uh, when I saw it. What was going through your head? We have a possible link to the Tiffany Sessions disappearance from Paul Roll's personal property. It's a huge break. Lucky. Really lucky. And that's not all that was in the address book. Rolls had also written down the names of all of his other victims. Linda Fida, Elizabeth Foster, and the 15-year-old girl Rolls raped and attempted to kill in Jacksonville a minor whose name we won't disclose. Some serial killers like to keep a diary. Some keep artifacts. Some like to write down what they've done, a feeling of accomplishment. Look what I did. I've got two, three, four. I said, can I see it? This could be the smoking gun piece of evidence Sheriff Darnell has been looking for all these years. I was literally shaking, holding it, to see it and to see the depth of what that meant. After all these many years, there's a possibility, just a possibility that this case could be solved. Once he discovered the address book, Detective Allen ordered up cadaver dogs to search the site where Rolls buried Elizabeth Foster. They all alert about 20 feet from where Beth Foster was buried. So what did that say to you? There's human remains here. And it could be Tiffany. It could be Tiffany Sessions. He obviously was in a comfort zone there. He left Beth Foster there for a reason, so he may have left multiple bodies there. So on January 13th, 2014, just one month away from the 25th anniversary of Tiffany's disappearance, Pat Sessions and Detective Allen have gathered a team of people to help at the excavation. 25 years ago, we started. I hope we're going to finish. I want to be there for the end of this, if it it is. Some members of the team have been searching for Tiffany since she went missing. I've probably been on over 20 searches for Tiffany. Dr. Michael Warren is a world-renowned forensic anthropologist, an expert in identifying human bones. 
I've had Tiffany Sessions Master file on my desk for 21 years. He's been actively involved in the search for Tiffany since 1991. She's just been uh, one, of the, one of the cases that I would really like to resolve. And he knows it is not going to be an easy task. It's very hard to go out and do an organized search over such a large area, so we've got to be pretty aggressive. And if they find any bones, Dr. Warren will know if they are Tiffany's. I've memorized her dental pattern and, and her dental chart. I'll know if it's her or not. To find her would just be a remarkable feeling. Their plan to dig for five days. I feel good about the operation. I feel good about the people on the ground. So we're all thumbs up, trying to stay positive. After clearing the trees, they now begin the tedious job of sifting through every bit of dirt, looking for pieces of human bone. And in the afternoon, they do find a bone. But it's not human. It's a deer bone. Pat is disappointed, but he knows they have a lot more ground to dig. We've waited this long, worked this hard to get here. It's amazing. The commitment from everybody. And if they don't find Tiffany here, Jason will never stop looking for his sister. I don't have any doubt if I drop dead tomorrow, you know, that he'll just keep on going. And I hope he doesn't have to. Maybe we'll get lucky. Yeah, I'll continue looking forever. As long as there's a lead to follow, we're going to continue looking. With just three days left to dig, Tiffany's mother, Hillary, is adamant the search will be over. This is definitely the one. You know why? The pieces are fitting. Everything is fitting in place. This is it. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Is it hard to imagine that Tiffany might be in that spot? I don't know what's worse, having absolutely no idea what happened to her or having someone as bad as Paul Rolls having done it. Believing serial killer Paul Rolls murdered his daughter makes it even harder for Pat Sessions to understand how, after receiving a life sentence in 1976, he was ever released from prison.
that makes me sick. Tiffany would probably be alive today if they hadn't let that guy out. On day three of the excavation, we're really moving some dirt. There isn't a chance we're missing anything. Pat starts to wonder if Rolls may have buried Tiffany someplace else. Am I losing optimism that we're going to find Tiffany this go-round? It's hard not to. Later that day, Pat's fears come true when excavators finish digging in the areas where the cadaver dogs alerted and find nothing. Certainly dogs are very good at finding the recently dead who are giving off these, these human-specific uh, scents. Forensic anthropologist Dr. Michael Warren says cadaver dogs sometimes can be unreliable when trying to solve cold cases. Skeletons are a different thing. They just don't have any odor, uh, you know, associated with them. And with no focus on where to dig, by the end of the week, the excavation comes to an end. We have not found Tiffany Sessions. Was it disappointing? Yeah, really disappointing. But we're never going to find out if we don't keep trying. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for being here. This has uh, been a long journey. And then, just three weeks after the dig, Sheriff Darnell goes public about Paul Rolls. He was in this community. He murdered in this community. He had made comments about this site being a dump site. Darnell hopes that someone will know something that leads them to Tiffany's remains. If you had any involvement with him, if you know of anyone who had involvement with him, bring it forward. There's For Pat and Hillary, there's a sense of finality to this moment. They think they have their man, even if they don't have their little girl. And above all, they're grateful. I want to thank the people who have come over the last 25 years. They're especially thankful to Detective Kevin Allen. This is the guy that's made everybody work. He's the one who gave Pat and Hillary the answers they've been longing for. I think he solved the case. I think we found who took Tiffany. I believe that. I think anyone who has children is touched by the case of Tiffany Sessions, especially myself. I know the sheriff, too. Thank you so much. Oh, yeah, you take care. It was an emotional day for all of us. Tiffany's case is still officially open, but over the years, Pat and Hillary have tried to bring closure to other parents of missing children. Hillary has worked with advocates on child protection legislation, and Pat works directly with families. You know, you try to find something, as corny as it sounds, try to make some meaning out of something, try and do something positive out of a terrible thing. And I think that's the best thing I could do. You know, if somebody calls me, I'm there. My cute little missy. I'm very comfortable here in her room. On bad days, like sometimes her birthday, I come and sleep here in the room because I just feel very close to her at that time. I honestly do think that if Tiffany were here, she'd say, get over it. I don't think she'd want me to be spending my entire life having already spent 25 years of this, trying to do something that isn't going to bring her back. So if you imagine that she would tell you, knock it off, Dad, move on, why do you keep doing it? For my own benefit. 
to try and to do what I think I should have done. I, I don't want to ever, if she walked in the door tomorrow, you know, I want to be, always be able to say that I did the best I could do. That's all anybody can do. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Allow your imagination to be piqued by stories that are brought to life through captivating sound design, eerie soundscapes, and dynamic performances. As an Audible member, you'll be able to keep your heart rate up month after month because you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. If you're in the mood for a shocking psychological thriller, check out None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. Embrace brand new exclusive thrillers from bestselling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. That's audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. If you're listening to this podcast, then chances are good you are a fan of The Strange, Dark, and Mysterious. And if that's the case, then I've got some good news. We just launched a brand new Strange, Dark, and Mysterious podcast called Mr. Ballin's Medical Mysteries. And as the name suggests, it's a show about medical mysteries, a genre that many fans have been asking us to dive into for years, and we finally decided to take the plunge, and the show is awesome. In this free weekly show, we explore bizarre, unheard of diseases, strange medical mishaps, unexplainable deaths, and everything in between. Each story is totally true and totally terrifying. Go follow Mr. Ballin's Medical Mysteries wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're a Prime member, you can listen early and ad-free on Amazon Music. It was the biggest scandal in pop music. The stars of Milli Vanilli, the Grammy-winning multi-platinum R&B phenomenon, were exposed as frauds. But none of this was their idea. So whose idea was it? Enter German music producer Frank Varian. He saw the success of acts like Michael Jackson and Prince, and he wanted in, no matter the cost. So he devised the perfect pop heist. Two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? They couldn't sing. But Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's greatest controversies and takes a never-before-heard look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when the truth came out, Rob and Fab were the only ones who got burned. Looking back now, it's hard not to wonder, why did everyone blame them and not the man pulling the strings? Follow Blame It on the Fame, Millie Vanilli, on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.